Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller and I am on a mission to learn anything and everything about Amazon to help you guys to make changes to your business that helps you be more profitable and uh, you know really just grow your business. So, but I've got with me today a, uh, a guest who does just that helps people understand profitability and their business. I've got Nachman from Connect Books, and Connect Books is a uh, you know it, it connects to your account and helps you figure out profitability on your products. And it also has a, a QuickBooks integration. It's got actually a lot of features that I was impressed by. So Nachman, welcome to the podcast. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for taking me on the podcast. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, your background, what you built, why you built it. And, and then we're going to start teasing out some unique features that it has that I haven't seen before. And, that, uh, you know, we, we did a demo of the software and I was like, I've got to get this on a podcast. It's just, it's, it's too good to just pass up. Yep. That sounds great. So my, I'm actually an accountant and I have a master's degree in accounting. My background is I used to work for, a, I was a CFO of a large company. It was not in the Amazon industry, but they were, they had a big warehouse of 150,000 square feet. And they had like, I would say 20,000 different SKUs. I mean, we had from each SKU a lot of stock. And kind of my job was there where we didn't have such a good reporting system in terms of calculating inventory, calculating cost of goods sold, and kind of getting the full picture of the business. So I worked a lot of hours, you know, on doing all type of financial reporting for the business. And a big factor that played in, that plays a role is calculating cost of goods sold. And that's really where I started off my career and building myself out. I left that company and decided to, you know, to open my own business. And I started a bookkeeping company where I help uh, small to medium-sized businesses, you know, in their bookkeeping and financials. And the main, the main idea why people approach me is they're not looking for somebody just, you know, to enter numbers because that you can have anybody just take the bills and enter it into QuickBooks. It's not a big deal. The main thing is that they want to understand at the end of the month how their business was performing. I should give them the ups, the downs. They want clarity. They want to understand exactly, you know, what is my overhead, break-even point, and how we go about that. So Until I started. Yeah, I mean, like what you're saying, like this hits close to home for me because um, in 2018, just a few years ago, you know, we kind of had to reconcile a lot of costs and expenses. And it's hard really to know what you are just saying. Uh, how profitable is your business? How is it doing? And this is important for so many reasons. One, it helps you understand strategy, where to pivot, but also you don't want to pay too much in taxes only to realize, you know, a year later that like you, you overpaid. And these, what you're bringing up right here is definitely near and dear to me. And I would be one of the first pieces of recommendation to anyone uh, in the space is to have their books uh, good. And so you started working a lot with uh, uh, e-commerce sellers, Amazon sellers, and, you know, you saw the types of challenges that they were having. And how did you start to solve those problems? 
So what happened was, as I opened my bookkeeping company, I started, you know, I was got, at some point I was starting getting approached by e-commerce sellers who were having their Amazon account and they had no clue what was going on. Um, they also had multiple partners in the same, in the business who they had certain products belong to partner A and certain belong to partner B. And I was like kind of figuring all these stuff out. So I spent hours and hours on spreadsheets and, you know, doing all my formulas and all my tricks and importing stuff to QuickBooks and out of QuickBooks. And that's really where I, you know, kind of got the feel of e-commerce and kind of seeing, you know, what's out there. I did look around for some good software out there, you know, to help me in terms of financials, but I couldn't find anything, the, the one that was the right fit. And that's when I decided, you know, to go into the software business where I'm going to build something, you know, based off my work, what I've done for previous clients, just take that, automate it. And, you know, I can charge a very small fee. We charge like around $200 a month versus the client who I did the first project. It was like a ten dollars to $20,000 project. Yeah, certainly. I always uh, tell people that don't spend tens of thousands of dollars of building your own software. Someone, when someone else has already built the, something that accomplishes the same thing, and you could essentially rent expertise for you know pennies on the dollar. Um, and so you built ConnectBooks, and that is uh, it integrates with QuickBooks. And that was like the first thing that you built into it. And right off the gate, you said a few things that caught my attention and we'll jump into them. But um, let's, let's back up for a second. And for those that like, maybe they're new to e-commerce or they've never, they don't have any accounting background. Like, can you give us a brief overview of QuickBooks and kind of like an intro of how to think about it and what it can do for so the first thing I'll explain what QuickBooks is, QuickBooks is an accounting application. Um, back in the days when people started to do bookkeeping and stuff like that, you know, they were doing pen and paper and they had those huge books and they were posting journal entries, all the debits and the credits. And kind of what QuickBooks does, it does all the accounting transactions for you in the background. For example, if you're invoicing a customer or you're entering a bill, QuickBooks posts all these accounting transactions. And QuickBooks is a very unique, solid program, which integrates, like I would say, in a business flow in terms of what a business needs. For example, entering bills, paying bills, writing checks, billing customers. It kind of integrates in the business, um, you know, operation cycle. And then it takes into that the accounting parts of it. And then it's able to produce financial statements. So in terms of the, the QuickBooks, it's more like getting a clear picture of your business no matter whatever business you're in you want to have a clear set of books and th the idea of having a clear set of books is to be able to see at a snapshot exactly yeah. where your business is up to no, no. and there's two things that i would say are very valuable uh one is your monthly p l profits and losses like just knowing on a monthly basis how are you doing uh because you do want to know if if you're in the red or the black and by how much it should be a driving a lot of, of your actions. And the second is, is actually just your balance sheet. You know, what is the value of like your assets of what you own in e-commerce land? We, we live with inventory and that inventory has a value, but Sometimes and you may need to say you want to approach a bank with a loan. Well, you got to know like, well, of all the value that I have, how, what, what's my, what do I owe? Uh, what are my liabilities? And having that balance sheet is, you know, at the end of the year, super valuable. 
in knowing. It's going to help you sleep better at night. It's going to help you um, make uh, these types of decisions. And so QuickBooks is a great part of any, uh, you know, finance. And we could probably spend a few podcasts on its own um, to talk about the different parts of it. But now that I've got, you know, Nachman here, like I want to focus on what he's built and why he's built it. Um, and some of the different things that are very specific to Amazon sellers. ConnectBooks actually can split out on a, you know, on a skew level, uh, their profitability and, and, and put that into uh, QuickBooks and make that kind of connection. And what's the advantage of doing this on a line item basis? Uh, versus kind of just like putting everything together as like one, you know, inventory is just like one block or one journal entry. So that's a great question. And the, the answer to that is in each product, if you want to determine profitability and you want to understand how, you know, how profitable you are and how well you did over time, um, you have problems when costs are changing. And for example, if you pay in January for a product $2 and in February you pay for the product $4, um, what is your cost on the product and what is your inventory value on the product? So QuickBooks handles all that for you if you itemize it. So what ends up happening is you go into your QuickBooks and you get a bill from your vendor. So you enter a bill that you bought 100 pieces in January. Throughout January, you sold on Amazon 75 pieces. So here comes ConnectBooks and he tells QuickBooks, okay, I sold of this product 75 pieces. So now QuickBooks knows that you have 25 pieces on hand. Now, what's also more important, QuickBooks knows that you have 25 pieces on hand that you paid only $2 a piece. Now comes February 1st, you purchased additional 100 pieces at a cost of $4 a piece. So now we have 100 pieces at $4 a piece, and then we have still 25 pieces from our previous batch at $2 a piece. Now, let's say this month you only sold 50 pieces. So there comes ConnectBooks and tells QuickBooks, okay, we sold another 50 pieces. So now QuickBooks needs to take an average cost. So I just want to explain one thing about average cost. The way QuickBooks works with average cost, it's not like it's going to take the total quantity. We purchased 100 in February and 100 in January. In January, we paid $2 a piece, and in February, we paid $4 a piece. QuickBooks is not going to make an average of like $3 or something. QuickBooks is going to say like this, the first 75 pieces you sold in January, he will report that the cost of those products was $2 a piece. He's just going to start averaging only the remaining 25 pieces of the previous batch and whatever else you purchased in February. So you're really, really going to get like super duper control on top of your cost of the product. And you're going to be able to see on every single product how you made and even even more powerful. When you run a report on a particular product in QuickBooks, you can total it by month and you can see, wow, in this month I made money, in this month I didn't make money. Oh, because the cost went up. You got so much control and so much clarity that you're probably not gonna find that in any other yeah. type of journal entry system. And so you kind of actually talked about two different things right there. One, you know, there's a time based of like, you know, something you buy in January and then in February, it's at a different price. And, and that is factored into the, to the cost of goods. And then second, um, an Amazon seller account can be done like with uh, more than one brand. And it's kind of hard to like divvy out which ones are representing most of the revenue and most of the profit in a very clear way and kind of, you know, filter it by, by one and looking at the other. 
And so that's another advantage of you know, the, the, the line items uh, that you mentioned. I thought at first when I, when I was speaking with him that it was just kind of this like uh, QuickBooks integration, which is like super valuable on its own. But uh, what he's built on top of that is actually kind of an inventory management uh, system. But from the perspective of, you know, profitability, putting the cost of goods, being able to actually bundle um, products into, you know, uh, do you do you call them kits or bundles? What's what's the term? So, okay. So I, I also just want to point back one thing to the previous sure. conversation that there's another major factor in terms of having the line items. Um, when you get a bill from a vendor, let's say you place a purchase order for $10,000 and the vendor sends you in the bill. Now, for some reason, they decided to increase a certain price on a product or decided to decrease a price on the product. Most of the times, like I've seen many companies like where they use like, even they use some type of inventory management software, which record every single transaction. What ends up happening is that the inventory management is like a standalone program. So when the warehouse receives the order, they just receive whatever came. The accounting department actually never reviews the inventory management in, in terms to make sure the bill is properly entered. The difference is in QuickBooks, if you want to cut the check and the bill says 10,200, you're like, no, I'm paying this guy 10,000. So then what you do is you go into the bill and you adjust it. The beauty of QuickBooks is that besides the counting transactions and you know, besides everything in it, it ties into your bank account. So at the end of the month, you're going to do a bank reconciliation and you're going to make sure that your bank account is up to date and your bank account matches QuickBooks. Now, if the bank account has to match QuickBooks, then the check got to match as well also. And if the check matches, then the check has to match the bill. Otherwise, you're going to have an, an open AP and you'll go back and adjust your accounts payable and stuff like that. So the beauty, which I really see, is that kind of everything ends up looping back to your bank account. And what I say is that's kind of like bulletproof. You know, I, and I've had many other software companies ask me, like, how can you prove that your financials are correct? Maybe there's mistakes. I'm like, well, as long as there's a reconciliation on your bank account and your AP is up to date, then what can be wrong? Yeah, no, um, uh, you have to be doing a reconciliation regularly. Even uh, the, there's so many. Yeah, but when you're doing a when you're doing a reconciliation, I'm just pointing out is if you're doing like a journal entry to calculate cost of goods sold, if you like estimate, okay, you know, cost of goods sold this month thirty thousand dollars. There's no way to prove that. You know, you're going to have to take all your other bills and somehow match back what you paid, what you entered in order to get down to the skew line profitability. Besides, besides the feature that I discussed earlier that you have the, the profit per product, the cost that you're entering in QuickBooks is actual cost because it's linked to a check versus there's no other system that's going to take every single bill and every single line item and link it back to a check. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, how about when, um, say, your inventory and what you have doesn't really match what Amazon has because... Uh, so that's you're going to have in every single business. In every single business, I worked in, in, in other companies that are not Amazon. There's something called the inventory reconciliation. That, right. um, there's damaged goods. You have, you have, you know, stuff get broken in the warehouse, stuff get lost. You have to do a reconciliation. I recommend at least once a quarter. And after you finish closing up the books, you know, you have everything reconciled, you pull your report and you do a account and then you do your adjustments and you bring it up to date. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we're talking about two different types of reconciliation here. There's the, uh, you know, the bank account to make sure that, like that matches uh, QuickBooks, but then an, an inventory reconciliation. Is that right? Yeah. But on the inventory reconciliation is basically, I look at it two different ways. There's one thing is, 
QuickBooks says I have 100 pieces on hand. Do I actually have 100 pieces on hand? No, maybe I have 95. Then there's another reconciliation, which I mentioned before, is like QuickBooks says that I bought 100 pieces at a rate $5 a piece. Maybe the vendor by mistake charged me $5.50 a piece. How do you get that? So that you're only going to get if your QuickBooks is itemized and you reconcile that with the bank. So when uh, you get charged five fifty a piece, where are you looking for to see that that doesn't match up? Like, is this something? You so it's so that so when you when you get a bill from a vendor, you enter the bill in QuickBooks and you're entering uh, it in a line item, and then you when you cut the check in QuickBooks, you're not just posting a check. You're going into the bill and you're pressing in QuickBooks pay bill. And when you pay the bill, QuickBooks will pay the full amount of the bill, which would gen QuickBooks would then generate a check for you, which you can ma- print or mail or use some plugin, you know, to do some ACH payment or stuff like that. Interesting. So, I mean, it's this type of structure though that really has the benefit of total clarity. You know, if if you go through these steps that you were just talking about, you know, you will have. Uh, you know, your profitability. It won't really be that much of a question. Very interesting um, when you consider that. So now um, we can hit something that's very Amazon specific. In I also want to just, one, que- one question I didn't answer before was regarding, you mentioned about the kit items and the bundle yes. items. So what we did is we built out on our integration, we built out a very like, um, like basically I have like two different product, two different types of products. One I call is the kit item, which would be like a group item, which let's say, for example, you're selling, let's say I like to use a cans of Coke. So let's say you're selling a Sprite and a Coke. So those are actually two different products. So that would be more like a group item where you specify, like you tell QuickBooks, okay, this, this listing is a combination of two different products in QuickBooks. And then we have the quantity feature where let's say you're just selling two Cokes, which is actually the same product, but it's just multiple quantities. So the thing with Amazon is that every type of variation has its own SKU and it's its own listing. So each SKU that comes in, we map it to the correct product. Now we also have the ability to show you how much money you're making just on Coke. We have the ability to show you how much you're making on Coke when it's a two pack, a four pack, a six pack. And we have the ability to show you how much money you would make, whether it's sold as a combo between Coke and Sprite together. Interesting. Yeah, so that is something that a lot of Amazon sellers struggle with in a lot of the softwares out there is the, the, the kidding, the bundling, and, and seeing profitability right there. Um, very uh, interesting. So um, something that's very Amazon specific is the way that they handle returns. Um, so say we sell a product and it gets returned. There's a lot of different things that can happen. There's a chance that the product never gets returned by the customer. There's a chance that it gets returned in sellable condition or returned in unsellable condition. There is uh, some fees associated with it. Say something gets like a partial reimbursement. Maybe something is uh, gets fully reimbursed and you have to pay the and the seller pays the return shipping uh, for certain depending on what the customer actually says i've seen uh, it vary on that um, whether it's you know a defective product or the customer just no longer wanted it there's even one or two uh, cases that i don't think i've even mentioned i mean sometimes amazon will reimbur- fully reimburse you the seller for the sale and 
uh, sometimes they won't, even though they are supposed to. So with all the, the variety of things that can happen here, um, how does ConnectBooks or, uh, handle this to make sure that like we know um, how much returns are actually affecting us? So the first thing I just want to point out is the way ConnectBooks brings the data into QuickBooks is that we bring it in by settlement. And one of the things is that our data is always going to be matching back the bank account. So to, uh, to explain that is, let's say you did $100,000 in sales and then you had whatever refunds and then you had 20,000 in commission, 30,000, let's say fulfillment fee. In the day, Amazon is giving you now 50,000. After we bring in all the invoices and all the credit memos, we'll actually post a payment and that payment is gonna match exactly what you got in your bank account. So it's kind of like getting back to that kind of structure where we have one thing in mind to always match the bank account. So there's never gonna be like certain questions. So in terms of orders and returns, the way it works is that every time an order comes in, we don't bring in the order right away when it comes in, it goes based on the posting date, based on when Amazon actually applies it to your settlement. Um, the same thing is with the returns. As soon as the return comes in, Amazon right away deducts it from your settlement. We pull the returns as soon as it hits the bank account. As soon as it hits your settlement, every single return comes in. Now, then there is reimbursement. So in terms of returns, there's basically, we rolled out a new feature now, which tracks between sellable and unsellable returns. And it works, I would split up this way. There's some type of returns that come back to Amazon and Amazon decides to reimburse you. So what we do is when Amazon reimburses you, we take it back out of inventory and we post a reimbursement sale. So in such a case, we would have three different transactions. We would have an order every time it's placed. We would have the return coming back in and the return would come in with all the fees, you know, everything that would net against it. And then we would have a reimbursement from Amazon, which would be like a third transaction sale based on how much money Amazon actually reimbursed you. Then we have a different thing is where Amazon doesn't reimburse you and those products actually go back into inventory. So if the product is sellable, you know, and you're going to be selling again, then it's fine. So you had the order, you had the refund, you lost a couple of dollars on the fulfillment fee. And then these are still, Amazon has like a administration fee they charge in the refund as well, which you see that too. So, you know, you lost it, let's say five bucks. Then we have the other issue is where Amazon brings it back and it comes back into, into Amazon. They put it back towards your inventory, but they mark it as unsellable. So in that case, technically you really lost out the full refund because the product is damaged. So besides the fulfillment fee, you're losing out the cost of your product. If that product cost you $10, you lost $10 plus the fulfillment fee. So what we do is we take, the uns we take all the returns and we split it between sellable and unsellable. And whatever is unsellable, we don't put back into inventory and we expense it in QuickBooks. Yep, interesting. That's um, exactly kind of, you know, it's taken me years, honestly, to figure out all of these things and uh, what really matters in profitability. I mean, it was uh, just yesterday, I was looking at a product and again, I was seeing how returns actually was affecting our gross margin. And it is significant. You know, if we're only uh, netting $2.50 on a product, but returns cost us money, that effectively uh, reduces our, our, our margin just to sell that product because because returns actually cost you and it's for that reason that we kind of exited the Halloween category because of costumes and their their 
huge returns. Everybody was returning it as soon as the, as soon as Halloween was over. Yeah, yeah. No, we saw up to oh up to twenty percent return rate for some products, and like obviously a lot of them come back unsellable, and we have to pay the return shipping. And while sales are really good um, in Halloween, it's an awesome uh, time to sell. It's not as profitable as as those sales numbers look, and so. Uh, you know, you do need to like really be factoring all this. Um, and now another way that it's actually really hard to integrate into, uh, you know, a SKU level profitability is advertising and the different types of advertising that people could throw at it. You could do, you know, say you do coupons, say you do a promotion or uh, you're spending money on sponsored products. Uh, do you do you guys connect with the advertising portal of sellers as well? Yeah. So there's two things about the advertising. The way I split it up, there is um, the brand advertising, and then there's the sponsored products. So if you're going to be advertising a brand, it's usually not possible to get that to a SKU level because the campaigns are run based on a brand. But if we run it on a product level, we get we we pull every single day. Um, for the last couple of weeks, we constantly actually keep on refreshing the data, so it's 100% accurate, and we constantly pull this data into our system, and we'll give you the profitability um, with the advertising breakdown. I mean, we also do a lot of other breakdowns. For example, the promotions come in there as well. Um, you know, we have um, uh, we were given storage fees, long-term storage fees, uh, shipping fees. We get most of them in there. It depends, you know, on certain orders. Return shipping fee we get in as well. We get a lot of all those fees that per product on on ConnectWorks. As a matter of fact, I actually had a, a certain seller was like when we launched a new version of ConnectBooks and they were able to see our dashboard. So the powerful thing about our new version two, where you see the dashboard is that you can see the last 30 days, if there's any single day, if he made money or not, it gives you like kind of the graph. And it was showing that one day he had a loss of $40,000. And I was like, I was like right away and like, I was like still testing it. So I called up the seller and I wanted to know if, you know, if it actually made sense. And he told me, yeah, there's kind of some glitch in the system between some promotion and a coupon. So this kind of item that they're going giving away for free and nobody was in the office at the moment. So they didn't see it and they kind of just ran out of stock. But it was like a huge PowerPoint to me because you could really just see at a glance, you know, at sometimes what's going on. And if you want to dig deeper, you know, you can dig for hours and hours. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I love that kind of stuff you know, just being able to tease out like, because you're usually making money on, you know, a, a smaller set of products. And uh, so that's where you want to be paying attention. Um, it's kind of the 80-20 rule applies and just being able to like, I, I like playing with tools and, and, and finding that and analyzing uh, all the, the data. Um, and I can't emphasize actually like, you know, how important this is, like you said that you've had uh, some clients who overpaid in taxes because they weren't doing uh, some of these steps and their inventory value was actually significantly less than they were reporting. I actually have now one client that we just rolled out this new feature with the sellable and unsellable. And he actually has like on an average month around $20,000 in unsellable returns. And that's kind of hitting him really hard on this bottom line. You know, if you're making fifty, sixty thousand a month gross profit, you know, profit after overhead, then you still got another twenty thousand on top of that. It's it's quite a lot of money. Ends up being three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, that's kind of crazy that you know Yeah, but he wasn't monitoring it because what happens is what happens with Amazon is 
that Amazon, and this is really think what gave them their major growth, is that they enabled the third parties, you know, to fulfill through the FBA, which lets you grow crazy. Like you don't have to hire more staff, you don't have to do anything. You just send in a, a container and they do it for you. So you kind of can go like within three months from being $10,000 a month in sales to, to kind of doing three to $400,000 a month in sales. And you're like so overwhelmed and everything's just all over the place. And now, now, how do you even start doing the books? It's not like somebody's in business for five years. He knows like what's going on. And like he builds slowly. It's lot of they have like this super growth and then they're just kind of lost in between and they're just trying to figure things out. And that's really where we, you know, where we kick major into play where with the software, we just grab the whole thing. I actually had a different also story with one of a, a very, a very interesting story with one of my first clients that when we started with is yeah, they were actually very big on Amazon and, they were like kind of all over the place. They had no clue what was going on. And one of the things I actually did for them, which we did is we set up like certain categories and connect books for them. And we took each product and we associated it to the vendor. What ended up coming out, the problem was that this customer had like two and a half thousand different active SKUs that he was selling on Amazon. And he was like, okay, fine. So I see I'm not making money, but can you tell me even where to start? Where to begin? How do I go about this even? Like, it's just kind of like, you know, and then what I did was, is we, I, I tried to brainstorm with them a little bit and I told him, you know, how about we take each vendor and we take each product and we classify it under the vendor. So we took his whole product list and we set up all these categories and what ended up happening is he had three or four vendors that were just ripping him off where he was losing his pants. And that's exactly where he started to cut all those and he's like, you know, I'm not really making money off your product. So I got one product that makes money, but I got 20 other products that don't make money. So if you want to stay in business, either you give me better pricing or just go. And he took his business from one year, like not making money to the next year, they made over a million dollars in profit. Yeah, that's the, that's the difference that it makes just by having this type of clarity. I can agree. Like, you know, we've, we've actually done a seven figure turnaround ourselves in, uh, you know, once we understand our costs and, uh, and it helps us figure out where to focus. So, a lot of good and interesting things and it's nothing but nothing's better than having a tool that handles some of this dirty work for you because the truth is the larger your account the more transactions the bigger these reports get i actually it is challenging for us when we're selling about 10,000 units a day these amazon reports they're 50 megabytes just for like a month of data and to go in and like you know, download multiple reports, it does actually get... Forget, forget about downloading everything, combining all these reports, you know? We're yeah. actually middle rolling, we're actually middle rolling out now integrations to Walmart, eBay, and all the other platforms. And I have, you know, on my bookkeeping service, we have that we do, you know, we'll do bookkeeping for e-commerce, we'll do the Amazon, and then Walmart, we'll do manually, but we're not really accepting more Walmart customers because it's, what ends up happening is that I go into Walmart, I get all the reports I need, and then I need to start doing all the pivot tables, putting everything together. Okay, there's one new product that got added, so now, boom, the whole Excel sheet crashes, or something is not matching up, and sit like hours troubleshooting it. With the software, it's not just, um, it's not just downloading the reports and mining the data from you, it's actually downloading, I would say, like, we, we run on an average account 10 to 15 different reports, which we actually take all that data and bring it together. Just kind of like a little example, pull, pull your advertising report per product, pull your storage fees per product, 
pull the settlement report, pull the date range report, and now start combining everything together. You know, even when you do spreadsheets, just give you an example. Um, if you ever noticed that, I noticed like a certain sales, like let's say Amazon, they have a weird way of doing reporting adjustment sales. Like if adjustment sales on their report, they'll, if it's like, let's say it's a positive adjustment if they're giving you $10. So then the one would mean to say that this product needs to go out of inventory. So you have to count it like as a sale and then you have a positive adjustment. If it's, let's say, a crawlback that is pulling back money from you, then they still give you that positive one, but the dollar amount is actually negative. So you have to actually convert that one to a negative. So if you're kind of doing that yourself, most likely you're going to be screwed up because that's what happened to me. And I had special formulas to get all this. But with the software, the beauty is that we can code this in the right way that if it's a positive adjustment, keep it as a positive. If it's a negative adjustment, you know, convert the number to a negative and stuff like that. And these, the list goes on with all these stuff. So it's not just spreadsheets. It's dealing with the spreadsheets, which can be a nightmare. Yes, uh, totally. Uh, I mean, you have uh, made a a really good case for a lot of these different parts of accounting. I was talking with Nachman earlier uh, to get a better offer for those that listen to the podcast uh, so that you could get two months free of this to, so that, you know, you can get a good understanding on your profitability. Um, this is connectbooks.com. How can people uh, get access to, you know, a longer trial? So what we can do is for all the users from this podcast to sign on, they would get a coupon code, which the coupon code would be podcast two. And with that, they would enter that as they sign up and then that would extend their trial. So normally we give a 30 day trial and they'll get a 60 day trial, which actually gives you a hundred percent off, you know, your second month of whatever the bill would be. All right. Well, um, so we just uh, acquired a second seller account. I mean, it's, it's, it's a completely separate entity. Well, we bought a business and I definitely, when I was first working with ConnectBooks, the, my first thought was actually to, to use this, this new account where I don't really understand all the ins and outs. And I think that um, it would be a really interesting and productive integration. So definitely gonna look forward to trying that out. Um, uh, yeah, Nachman, thank you so much for coming in and talking about. I, I personally love to get in the weeds. There, it really does matter. And because uh, you got to set up things right so that when you grow, like you're growing in the directions that, that you expect. All right. Sounds great. And thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you. And that's uh, the end of this episode. And uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast if this is your first time listening. Uh, but if it's not, I have more good podcasts to come. And thank you for tuning in. Have a good one. One, two, three. Yeah.